Welcome to Coffee Around La Mesa, our weekly Tuesday afternoon service broadcast of the United Church of Chapel Hill. During this Lenten season, it's a place of joy, fellowship, and discussion around this past Sunday's sermon. Coffee Around La Mesa, or tea as the case may be, or that real green stuff that Pastor David seems to like. Whatever your chosen beverage, we're so glad you've joined us for the fun and conversation. Welcome. Friends, welcome to Coffee Around La Mesa. Uh, uh, it's, uh, it's an honor to be with you this, <laughs> this, this week after a couple of technical situations that <laughs> happened uh, that really were really making my life miserable yep. this morning. <laughs> so, but I'm glad we make it work at the, uh, just finally. Uh, as you said, mer- maybe it's because Mercury is um, <laughs> retrograde. In, re- in retrograde. In maybe. retrograde. We need maybe to check that. Maybe that's the thing, right? Might be. It might be, be beyond our control or our power. Pardon? But we're glad you're all here. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're glad here. <laughs> so the Martians are really upset with all the robots that we're sending up there. So it, we are, something we are needs to change now with robots. <laughs> well, um, just to uh, just welcoming people, uh, this uh, podcast is uh, sponsored by United Church of Chapel Hill in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Um, uh, trying to um, expand our the ministry of. Uh, the ser- one of the services in our church um, that is called La Mesa. Do uh, you want to share with us who's yeah. listening to us? Yeah, so I have a couple things that I wanted to share. I wanted to say thank you to all of our friends who have texted us and messaged us privately and giving us feedback, because that's good. I mean, I'm this is all new to me, so I'm learning, and I really, whenever I'm learning something, I just really appreciate feedback. And also, thank you for our friends who have posted like comments on um, specifically on like Facebook. So, Cindy Johnson, thank you for your feedback. Um, Ingrid, thank you for your feedback. Really appreciated that. Debbie Newton, as always, we're so grateful for you. Uh, Rennie, you know, I don't know if any of us would be alive without Rennie. Yeah, <laughs> so thank you, Rennie, so. <laughs> for your mm-hmm. feedback in our lives. And um, Ziomara, thank you so much for your feedback. Just really appreciate that. Um, and we really want to invite this to be like a conversation. Obviously, we are having, three of us are having a conversation. And um, we want you all to like be a part of that. So mainly on Facebook is a good place to post, but we have a whole slew of, of um, social be- media locations where we're posting. And I just wanted to tell you those in case you want to get connected. So obviously Facebook, if you're friends with either, with the three of us, we're going to post it on our on our own page, but then it's also on La Mesa's page and United Church of Chapel Hill, UCCH, Facebook, and then there's a YouTube channel for UCCH, and it's United po- Church of Chapel Hill. United Church of Chapel Hill. It's posted there, so you can look there. Spotify is a really popular place for you to look, and um, you can't comment there, but you can, you, you know, you can use it. It's really accessible. Um, a couple other places, and by a couple, I'm going to list like ten. So get ready. <laughs> Overcast, 
Um, Castbox, Apple Podcast, obviously Spotify that I already mentioned, Radio Public, um, Podcast, wait, Podcast, Pocket Cast, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, Breaker, and Anchor. Yep. Did I list them all? Anchor FM. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what any of those things mean, but thankfully David and Ben do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just here to talk. Um, So if you want to find us on any of those avenues, if you want to comment, please do. If you want to text us individually, um, we just love the feedback and we're learning what we're doing. So please connect with us and give us feedback. And if you have a question or if there's something that you like want us to address or like think about or talk about, especially like, Maybe you're someone who like used to read the Bible and then you're like, this doesn't make sense anymore. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like we're all kind of in that place. And so we would really appreciate you um, just talking with us and checking with us. Yes. I want to say thank you to Annie Campbell too. Oh yeah. To Mm -hmm. Annie. Thank you, Annie. Who was, um, who has been uh, sending me, sending me uh, and, uh, a lot of information. How can we promote more uh, the podcast? So thank yep. you, Annie, for, yeah. for your yeah. support. Can't forget Soteria. Soteria has been sending out Soteria? some stuff, and she's been sharing it. There's a lot of folks that have been picking it up and just sharing it on Facebook. And I think it's important to point out that we have um, two versions of this. There's a podcast, audio only, and then also the video cast for people who are actually viewing and seeing us. So, um, I wish Soteria can come one of these. I know. Oh, I, absolutely. I, I, we could go to her. We could record at present day on Main, maybe. I don't know, but yeah. I will have her to be right there sitting with you. Yeah, yep. I don't have to sit here. She should sit here instead yeah, of me. That would be awesome. She yeah. should sit here instead of me, so. for sure. Yeah, and Claire and a whole bunch of other folks. So yeah, It's an open conversation for us to share about you know the goodness in the world and the things that we can all do to make our lives and everyone around our lives better. Sure. Well, uh, you know, I was thinking this uh, uh, weekend, we were talking about, um, about the passage of Genesis. I think Gen- Genesis 17, where <laughs> um, Abraham, uh, or Abraham, it's, is going with his husband, his husband, his wife, uh, <laughs> and he's having um, this kind of very mystical experience where... Mm. God descends mm. and talk to him and give all these beautiful promises. Mm. So if you really, really read uh, a, a passage in the Bible who really makes beautiful, it's like poetry, is that passage. It's like how mm. God speaks to him and promises all these things. Of course, all these things are very controversial. <laughs> all the promises that God gave him are kind of some, some kind of controversial. But... But the thing is that he receives this message and, and he feels like God is speaking to him. And, and then uh, he's 90, 99, I, I guess, and, yep. he, and his uh, wife, it's, uh, Zara, uh, Zarai, is, is 90. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he questions that, how can a man, no woman can have a baby and so, being so old? Uh, so the thing is that there's a lot of uh, interpretations about the passage, but... But Abraham, uh, it's kind of interesting character in, in, in religion in general. You know, Abraham is part of the, is part of the history of the main religions in, in the world. Mm-hmm. So that's good to know that mm-hmm. uh, uh, from his source, uh, there's a lot of ramifications on, 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 on his character mm-hmm. that really spread out different religions. Mm-hmm. 
So what you got from the passage yesterday, Stacy? Um, so tell, tell us about what, what it was that and oh. how did it work for you? <laughs> and how, can I also say how it didn't work for me? <laughs> sure. 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 Yeah, There's a lot that. to unpack with this. There's a yeah. pile of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I have, um, I mean, I didn't grow up in the church. And then, you know, I'm in seminary. So I feel like there's a lot of, well, Ben's a Sunday school teacher. And I feel like there's a lot of Sunday school nests that comes from like Abraham and Sarah and we love them and they're the people and you know everyone comes from them um I, 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 I'm trying to be careful maybe I should stop trying to be careful but you know last semester I wrote this paper on Hagar and I just I really feel like we miss the mark when we center our conversations um, on Abraham and Sarah about how wonderful they are because I think we really miss the mark that they were also oppressors and that Abraham was this passive kind of jerk in a way not kind, it's not kind of he was a he did some terrible things and he acted like it wasn't his responsibility and I mean if anyone who is a lot of people who are of our friends who are listening okay there's a story and there's you know they can't they for whatever reason can't get pregnant and so then there's an agreement between Sarah and Abraham but maybe not Hagar that Hagar will get pregnant Hagar doesn't have a voice which is significant and then um, Hagar does get pregnant with, with, with Abraham and they have a baby and they go to the wilderness. They go to the desert out of, out of such depravity and, de and desperation. And I mean, Sarah is abusive. Like we, I just, it's so hard for me to just sit through sermons where we exalt oppressors and we don't decenter our, um, our conversations about the Hebrew Bible. It's, it's just, it, it, I'm just learning a lot about it in the past few years and um, have, a, have a difficult time with, yeah. with some of, of that story. Yeah, there's a lot, and, and for a lot of people that don't know the story of Hagar, uh, just a little background, Hagar was an Egyptian servant to Sarah, Sarai, and she was offered up to Sarah's husband because she, at that time, wasn't able to conceive. So you have a slave who was offered up to the master, i.e. Abram, Abraham, and they have a child, Ishmael. And, you know, when they're, they end up in the desert, they're in the desert. Why, ended up, why did they, did, they did end up? Because of all of the animosity between... Hagar and Sarah. Because Sarah is abusive. Totally, absolutely. And, and she Abraham, treats her as a servant. Wants the, she Abraham, wants to hold the whole. Abraham is neglectful. Well, the, the heritage and all this thing, she wants to for Isaac. Absolutely. So Sarah. She, yeah, she doesn't want to share that oh, yeah. with Ishmael. She looks at them, right? There's a scripture that says, like, she sees Ishmael. Like, she looks at him and is like, oh, no. Get out of here. Yeah, we cannot right? have like this. Sends them out. And they're sent off into the desert. And the and angels come to so Hagar and have her come back. Basically, we have that, uh, um, let's say, Hagar is, is 
is basically kicked out from home yes. to the desert. And Ishmael, yep. both of them. Yep. She, doesn't, she doesn't really... She's, we don't even know if Hagar consented to this arrangement with Abraham or Abram imagine, at that time. Have you seen all these people? Do you imagine how just... I don't really care when somebody re- really have a dog or animal and they just go to the, in the street and the, in the middle of nowhere. Have you seen that? That people let, uh, let me make the connection. It's just, yep. there's people that is ugly that they put dogs or animals that they don't like and they just leave them oh, in yeah, the middle just, of nowhere for yeah. them just to whatever, right? To survive so okay, well, or not. the same story, you know. <laughs> exactly. But we're talking about humans. We're talking about two humans. Yeah, that's that, what I'm saying. And they one just of, leave it on the, exactly. the desert. They have been How abandoned. Do do that? And exactly. one of the humans, I'm sorry, but Abraham, like whatever we think about making love to someone or having sex with someone, whatever, we know that there is a connection there. So Abraham, you know, whatever we want to talk about around that topic, Abraham does procreate with this human, and this is his son. And then it's fine for him to just be the Old Testament is rough. and neglectful. <laughs> it's never and been let easy. Them be in the <laughs> desert. I can't. I, I, I just. I can't. I, I. I can't get down with that. Well, well, I, I'll be. I'll be. I'll to put, to, put my hands there for Abraham. For Abraham for a little bit. You'll I do what? Put my hands trying to. Not defend him, but just to say this. To oh, bring it. No, I'm saying, because I know the, the, these sort of stories are very patriarchal, but what I'm saying is that, uh, <laughs> you know that when God is telling, well, you need to sacrifice me a son. Right. Right? And he's very happy in taking Isaac. <laughs> so he yeah, just like. Yeah, what kind of dad is this just, guy? Exactly. Just, because if you read the story, you will see that his favorite son was Ishmael. Exactly. And he, he was the supposedly, supposedly. The you can't he, you can't say that that's his favorite son when he lets him go well, into the wilderness listen, and almost listen. die. What I'm saying is that when he goes goes down from the mountain from the sacrifice, trying to sacrifice Isaac, yep. which he doesn't see any problem in doing that. <laughs> so when he goes down and you can read it in the Bible, he just let he, he leaves Sarah and, and Isaac and he goes back with Hagar, Hagar is an Ishmael. Yeah. You know why? Because he likes the idea that Ishmael is a hunter. And he is this guy who is he's kind of powerful. So he really loved uh, uh, Ishmael. But the thing is that I don't know. Bible, if, I don't know if there's but the, any. The Bible is very specific, and I'm not blaming the the the, the woman, right? But I'm, the Bible is very specific that Sarah was the one who really pushed him to do what. They did with Hagar and Ishmael. Absolutely. But Sarah might be encouraging, but but I'm sorry, Abraham is a grown ass man. He doesn't get <laughs> off on that. I am I so sorry. That's pathetic. Yes, she says what she wants. You know, she they they want a child, and but you know also when. I mean, Abraham turns a blind eye for lack of I don't I don't know if I like that term, but I mean. Abraham is complicit in all of it, and his passiveness and his neglect is not okay. No, and I'm not saying I'm not. De- I'm not denying what you're saying. I'm not even opposing. I'm, I'm. I'm with you with that. What I'm saying is that this story is very is depicted in many avenues. So you can see one role of Abraham doing what does 
crap that he did, mm -hmm. abandon a son in the middle of the desert with his, with his mother. And then or, tries to kill the other one. So that's really creepy. Or when, when you mentioned that he was basically selling Sarah in Egypt, right? Saying, Absolutely. Hey, it's my sister. I, it's not my wife. Absolutely. So he was just trying to throw her under the bus. The whole thing is very, very difficult. I mean, you know, as a Sunday school teacher teaching this to fourth and fifth graders is that, you know, nine, 10, 11 year olds are very, very astute on stuff. And when you hit the Old Testament, it's, it's a can of worms. It's a, you know, it's a pile of snakes and scorpions of issues when we look at this from the 20 and 21st century. And, you know, you go back into the history and you actually, you actually don't have to read very much and you find out that Sarai was actually um, Abram's half-sister. So that's a problem in and of itself. So that's like a um, family, uh, the, the model of a family in the Bible, right? Exactly. It's so flexible. All right. right. And, you, you know, you don't have a family model in the Bible. Absolutely. Because Sarai, Sarai and Abram have the same father. And that's a really difficult, you know, different, different mothers, but the same father. And that's an issue. And then you also have this whole piece about <laughs> so Abram loves Sarai because so she's so family. gorgeous <laughs> and beautiful. And we're not hearing about what's deep inside her personality and do they really connect on a truly love level. And that's a big piece that's hard to explain. The Old Testament is always problematic, I have found. You know, sometimes it's very straightforward, but this is one of those classic situations, and it, it, is, a, it is an ugly gem that has many facets that are troublesome. Well, the, the other thing is that, just remember, this is this narrative, the story is about how Israel interpret or God in, in the way they did it. So exactly. It, it doesn't necessarily reflect what we think today about God today. So I'm very interested about your point, Stacy, because you have a good point. Is that you're reading this story from from your perspective as a woman, as a mother, uh, as a you know, I as someone who's also getting divorced. Yeah, yeah that, that's very important, right? I like we're like I mean, it is triggering for me. I'm going to be honest with you guys, and I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. But it's, it's, <laughs> but it's difficult. You guys know my story. And so it's very triggering for me because, you know, I just, it, 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 I, so many families that I know, so many people that I know, it's it, like, I, I just, I don't even know what to say. There's so many difficult aspects to this, and that's where it sort of relates to present day is that families are not always and you know perfect and they have trauma and this is a family between Hagar and Abram and Sarah that are it's very very troublesome on so many levels and you have the children that are involved in all of this too and that's where I think we have some resonance with this, is that life isn't perfect, and it's hard, and it's difficult. And again, going back, we've got to fill up our cup with our sense of faith and our understanding of what is good in the world, and how do we move forward despite the trauma that we have to live with? And can we be patient while at the same time taking on life and not waiting? 
And that's the hard work. It is always the hard work. And to do good in the world, we must put in the hard work. And that's why we value it. To do wrong things are difficult. And generally, you, there's a consequence. Well, and we see that with all of the characters in this oh, story. But I don't, I, I'm going to push back on a, a little bit on that. Because that's the thing that I think is hardest for me, present day, and freaking Abraham. Where is the accountability for him being a slack-ass dad? Well, that's the patriarchal bent. That is the entire Bible. <laughs> but, I mean, is he held accountable? Is he held accountable for basically trying to kill his kid and then, like, neglecting this other child? No, not really. I mean, he was told by well, God not to do it, and he, he doesn't. one child in the desert, and the other child he was ready to sacrifice. That's exactly what exactly. I'm saying. Like, <laughs> what kind of, like, what Absolutely. kind of, and that's interesting parenting. Exactly. Thank God he didn't write a parenting book for us. <laughs> yeah. But then again, what parent has, you, you know, know told themselves, like, I don't know if I'm going to allow this child to live another day. <laughs> so, well, you know what? <laughs> These are the difficult things that we have to deal with. Yeah, but none of us are going that far, but, like, but well, we understand that, right? But he's the father of the faith. Absolutely. Yeah, and then why? 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 This is the thing that's so confusing for me, is why is God so faithful to Abraham? Like, whatever we believe about God, some of us are like, oh, preordained, blah, blah, blah. So, like, God tells this whole thing to Abraham before the babies come, before the two sons, and he's like, I will be your God. Like, he, he's like Naomi and Ruth with, with Abraham. He's mm-hmm. so faithful to him. But maybe God why? Maybe, maybe we all are Abrahams. But the other part, sort of yeah, it's yeah, it's what I hate. You're right. It's always like you you hate what's in yourself when you see it in other people. It's always mm-hmm. the mirror, right? And I'm like, yeah. God, for me to be a neglectful mother is like the worst thing I could ever imagine about myself. Honestly, it but, is. But he was he was a crap. Right, but yeah. like when I see that in Abraham, it, it it ignites rage in me because it's like it's the worst thing that I would ever think about myself is to be a neglectful mother right. to create children. Man. But God is also faithful. I'm not trying to sit like I'm in a therapy <laughs> session right now. Yep. But God is also faithful to Hagar. When she is thrust <laughs> out into the desert, angels are sent about to that, fill her up. <laughs> Absolutely. That's why she ended up coming back rather but, but than no, dying out in God the desert. Does, oh, we ha- I mean, I wrote it's a, a tough- paper about this. God does not liberate Hagar. God sends Hagar. God says to Hagar, the angel, the whoever, abuser, back. go back. back. Exactly. Go back what is that? That's kind of weird. As opposed to dying in the desert. And That's why I don't like. No, you know, not as opposed have, to dying in the desert, as opposed to liberating her. Sorry. If we have a lot of, if we've got good friends from domestic violence who have been working on domestic violence. Right. And you you send back the victim President. to the perpetrator. Exactly. That, that's. It's horrid. That's horrible. Right? But that's what happens in this story. What do we do with this? What we do with it is what I have always shared with, you know, anyone that's willing to listen and and to our kids is that we have to remember the context in which these words have been written. And they've been written by old men at a time that does not relate to what our present day sensibilities and cultures and morals are. And that's something that I think we always, particularly in the Old Testament, have to be very, very aware of. It is a very male-centric sort of situation. And yes, there are nuances even in the New Testament where we look at the the power of the women that are in that story throughout the New Testament. But nevertheless, it's always lower than men. But I'll tell you something, Ben. You, no matter culture, yep. you have to be a, a good human being. 
Absolutely. So it, it doesn't matter if this, this book was written 2,000, 4,000, 5,000 years ago. Yep. The thing is, you have to go good, a good human being, you know, mm-hmm. is how somebody can do that to, to a, the slave or uh, the, his own son, you know, mm-hmm. because that, that thing, he, he, the slave never volunteered, right? She, she never was did. taken, and right? Yep. And she, she is a mother. And forced. She's a woman who really loves her son, mm-hmm. and she's crying in the desert, and she, you know, and she's just this suffering is caused by this guy who is not has the cojones to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about to that, stand right? up and do the about right say, thing. You know what? Right. No, sir, I cannot do that. Yep. I'm a man of God or whatever. You know, I'm a faithful yeah. man. I cannot do that. That's not. I can't, I'm a human being. Exactly. I cannot throw away a, a two individuals in the desert. Especially one that I created. Yeah. And, and then, sure, you know, this useful idea of, of Hagar that, okay, uh, you know, maybe God is, what he's saying is that I'm going to have a baby with Hagar. That, maybe that was God's plan because this is what the idea of Sarah and, and Abraham. Right. He said, well, you know, maybe God is, is, is you know, we're waiting too much. Maybe the idea was to have another baby through Hagar. So, and they, that's why Ishmael came out. I think the Muslim religion it embraces but the Ishmael. Thing is that, yeah. that at the end of the day, when they discovered that, oh my God, that was not God's plan, we, right. Sarah get pregnant. So, let's ditch these two people. Right. They're, they're not useful anymore. So, that was sad, you know, just to, to see people from the perspective of, the I-it relationship. Right. Uh, and disposable. Uh, and disposable. disposable yes. That's the word. How can two individuals, a, a, a woman mm-hmm. who has been so faithful to this family, and a son who was the son, son. before she got pregnant, exactly. now they're disposable. It's very difficult. It's always very difficult. Many of the stories that we go through in the Old Testament are, you know, speak to that. And they're always troublesome in many cases. But what I find again, and I, 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 maybe I focus too much on the fact that we had the angels that come out and help out Hagar and have her come back. But what were her choices? Certain death in the desert? or to come back to a place of relative comfort. Still servitude, absolutely. Still trauma and difficulty, I grant you that. But what is better, that or certain death but in the desert? Have, I will tell you something. Yep. When you have dignity, yep. you die. Some people so feel they must die for the cause. About a, a woman who has been abused, right? Absolutely. Because we don't know if she even consented to all, any of this. So, but when you have some dignity, and this is a, the problem with this character of Hagar, is that she has been destroyed completely. Mm-hmm. Even she doesn't even see herself with some level of dignity. So she has to go back. You know, of course, she's protecting her child, mm-hmm. her, you know, et cetera. But what I'm saying is that at the end of the day, uh, who looks bad in this story? At the end of the day, who looks bad here? Sarah uh, and Abraham. You think that they're only the ones who really look bad? Then why did we just exalt them? Why are they exalted continuously? That is not the story. Unless we're reading like... 
Daisy Machado and Dolores Williams and Emily Towns. Like, I mean, there are very few people other, other outside of like a, you know, the womanist black womanist perspective that is that aren't exalting those two, and they're oppressors. I don't understand why we can't. Let's just call it. What it is. No, we agree. With we do. We all agree on that. So the thing is that... Why is it there and why do we still speak to it? What I'm saying is that their understanding of God, or the, these writers, this God from this kind of stories, and in Genesis you can find that God who's... Even in seminary, I remember when um, um, Professor uh, Lee Barrett used to say that sometimes this God is, 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 is portrayed as a... Um, as a bipolar God mm-hmm. yeah. who, who one day he said, oh, I create the plants and all is good. Then I create the clouds and all is good. And then he created the man and he said, I repent of having made the man. Right, and, then, so, yeah. and, then, like, and then there's oh, the flood. So the flood. what I, happened I, to everything really being so good? Exactly. This guy. And then there's a moment where Moses just more, you know, he said, hey, God doesn't I should, yeah. You shouldn't destroy these people in the desert. I think yeah, you need to come down. So this is kind of God who really is, is the projection of all these uh, emotional situations of the Israel, uh, Hebrew people. What I'm saying is this God who, uh, and I was asking the question, who looks very bad here is God at the end of the day. Absolutely. It's a f- How can you bless somebody like that? Exactly. How can you tell you will be the father of many nations? Uh, well, sure. We can Christianize the passage, right? Totally. Because we all normally do, mm-hmm. right? We Christianize the passage and say, well, no, God is faithful. God uses broken people like, like Trump, for example. <laughs> you know, okay, uses, I, feel like, I feel like Christianize is, is becoming synonymous, synonymous with rationalizing and justifying. And that is happening all the time. Uh, every day. We use Christian, Christianity to normalize abuse. Absolutely. We use we use Christianity to normalize violence, and we use Christianity to normalize injustice and degradation. And, and the story of Abram and Sarah and Hagar and Ishmael is an exact example as of is that. The story of Jesus. Absolutely. Jesus is an innocent guy who's crucified in the eyes of everyone before the eyes of the whole nation. And then we justify the murder of Jesus. Exactly. Right? We create a, an act of love of that murder, yep. of that injustice. And it, that shouldn't happen. It's, so because we Christians, we try to find the good side of God in every story. And I'm not saying that does, God doesn't have a good side. What I'm saying is that this particular story that you're mentioning, I think it's, the, it's touching a lot of the fiber of many women who really read the story as you are reading it, you know, with this sensibility about your life experience and say, how God can allow this happen, to happen. Mm. Even when he, they rescued them from the desert. Uh, but you know, if I, just imagine this, I'm Ishmael, right? And I'm just thinking my mom is sitting with the, here with it. And then we hear, hey, you know that God spoke to this guy, Abraham, to your father? Mm-hmm. Ah, and what God says to them? Well, he said that he will bless him, and he will give the nations, and he will be... And then Hagar is listening to that story, saying, what the... You know, how that can happen? This guy threw me away in the desert to die, and now he will become, he will become the, 
the father of the nations? And Ishmael also becomes the father of many nations going forward. Right. And Hagar, right? Like when they move on and they have their own, you know, community that they're a part of. Oh, I wish I could remember, but there was some part where Hagar... Oh, I can't. I don't even want to say it because I, I can't remember the exact thing. But there was something about um, who Ishmael marries was like was part of Hagar's um, like lineage or community in a way. It was like an Egyptian woman versus someone else. Like there's some there's some way that like you know Hagar continues her exactly. There's lineage. a standard practice in that time of being of, of marrying folks that are within your Kinhood. Yeah, and doesn't Hagar like not do that for Ishmael? Sure. Oh, I read about it last semester, and it was so beautiful to me. Like that, there there was this like reclaiming that that Hagar had. Um, Okay, so I know these passages, and and and, and I'll have to say that this the sermon of Mary Elizabeth yesterday was uh, a little glimpse of uh, in the midst of all this. It's his story that is huge, no. uh, and and I I can see that it's very hard to preach from passages like this. Yes. But it's so important. It's so crucial because it, it teaches so much. Because there are so many, as I say, facets to this rather ugly gem, but that gives us what I take from this, and that I work. You know. Now you're telling what you take from this story. Okay. Exactly. We're moving to that and, section. You want to go into that now? Yeah. Okay. What I take from this is that in the end, everyone survives and some of, and and many of them thrive. Ishmael goes on to, you know, be the, you know, the progenitor of many great nations, as is the case for Isaac. And we have, you know, you know, there was the promise of circumcision, you know, on the Isaac side and and great nations from Ishmael. But all of them survive and thrive. And for me, what I take from this, even in the midst of the turmoil and the trauma and the difficulty and the oppression and the lies and the wrongdoing is that there's that still that everlasting love that gives us a way to continue to be good. And both sides of this story continue to do good, continue to thrive and do well. So that's the everlasting love that I see in terms of what that spiritual God is. And I'm very, very clear about that. And I'm also very clear that what is written in these, you know, nearly thousand pages of the Bible is very, very colored by those who are the privileged and those who are male. And I'm very clear about that. But that's what I take from it every day, is that despite all this horrid difficulty, that we can survive that. We can prevail over that. And that's what I come out of that. And that's why it's always important for me when I'm reading a passage, is that I read what's before it and what comes after. And I read through that history. So I know it's hard for you, Stacey, but is there something positive that you get from these stories? I'm being so careful in my words. Um, uh, uh, listen to women, and and let like for me, this isn't about hope. 
This is about sorrow and suffering and not hearing people's voices. This is about people getting off scot-free, not being held accountable. And I'm not okay with any of that. And we allow that as a culture. Then we allow it. I see it right now. It is literally happening right now to people that I know, to families that I know. And I'm, and I, I don't feel like there's some hope and it's, it's okay. I feel like sit with the suffering, sit with the suffering of this, sit with Hagar and Ishmael in the desert because there are women in my life who are in the desert with their child without money to pay for things, without a a, a partner who shows up when they say they're going to, with children who, who hear, oh, your dad is amazing. And then they're like, my dad didn't pick me up from school today. So it is uncomfortable to sit with all of that. But if we bypass that, we are doing more than just a disservice to families, to supporting the children who are experiencing this trauma, they see right through it, to the, the parent who is left without resources, to the per- other parent or people or whoever in the family structure who has the resources and isn't caring and then is being let to go for it. It, It's somehow um, not held accountable. And and I I can't be okay with any of those things. So sorry. I don't want to be hopeful right now. Yeah. And you're right. I don't have to be sorry. sorry Yeah. Thank you, David. Um, But yeah, I'm not, I'm not down with it. So I don't, I don't want to put a tidy bow on this. This is not a tidy bow story. This is a text of terror and suffering. And I'm fine with us sitting with that. And if we don't sit with it, it continues to perpetuate itself. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. And one thing that I want to uh, end with this is that first, remember that these books are, are how the fathers of this hero nation are telling their story. How things began. So they say, and this is how our nation began. Uh, and and the, their point, besides our interpretation that we are lenses today, mm-hmm. taking away the lenses of interpretation that they got, that we got today, their point was we were blessed by God. We are the blessed nation, right? Yeah, we don't, we have a lot of things to say about that, but they, this is the way that they're telling their own story. The problem is us, right? Exactly. That we are taking a story from a nation that was Flawed. over there with different traditions, etc. Second thing is that what I like about this story and about specifically about the Bible is that the Bible is telling us the truth. Mm. It's not hiding anything. Absolutely. It's, it's showing off. This happened, and I don't know how you will handle these issues. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you you will wrestle with this story, mm-hmm. but this is the truth. Absolutely, and it's it's a cruel truth. It's, it's bad. It's wrongdoing, but the Bible is not 
painting a good face on the story. Yeah, there's no pretty bow on this at all, and never well, has he been. Had it, did, made that decision. And the third thing that I see here that is kind of positive is that, sure, we don't know entirely, and let's be honest with this, we don't know entirely all the struggles of these people. Like, even when we interpret all these actions as uh, the actions of bad people, we don't really know the, the whole struggles. We don't know what was happening. We don't know how these, they recover from this situation. Yep. Because I'll tell you, after all these tra traumatic experiences, how these people get out of that, uh, of those experiences? How, how, because if, I, if that happened to me, I will, I will learn something. I will, I will really become better. I don't know how, how these experiences really transform their lives. That's that metaphor again, where the angels come to Hagar and Ishmael in the midst of the desert and bringing it to today's world as we go through the pandemic. And even though things are beginning to get better, I think one of the key things that resonates for me is that so often people say, we're all in the same boat in the midst of this storm. And I says, well, that's one way to look at it, but it's, it's flawed. We're all in the same storm. And some of us are in yachts, and some of us are in canoes, and some of us are in or are drowning. And I think that's really clear for us to understand. And that is the truth that is in this very difficult, horrific scripture. That is Genesis 17. But, but Ben, I want to say something. Yep. I'm really disagree with the idea that an angel has to come and save people. I, I think, think those me, angels let me, are... Let me finish, let me finish. Okay, but well, I'm, that's, I'm going to stop you for a second because I, the other side of that coin is that, as I was talking about how it is today, as we live in the midst of this pandemic, and some of us are in yachts, and others are in canoes, and others are drowning, yeah. is that it is important for us, for those individuals, who, who are in those yachts, and maybe also in those canoes, it is contingent upon us as good individuals, human beings, to help wherever we can and whenever we can. And that's the other piece that I pull from this, is that it's important for us to see the ugly truth that is there, and when we can, and when we are able sure. to help. Well, I, I, I won't justify the passage. I won't in any way try to clean the face of Abraham yeah. and Sarah. It doesn't need to be clean. What cleaned. I'm saying <laughs> is that I have to struggle with that. I have to wrestle yep. with that, the passage, and you have to wrestle with that too. Mm -hmm. And maybe, maybe eventually, you know, you know, some light would come out from that. We don't know. And but, it's okay if it doesn't. No, what I'm saying is this, that in the process that I'm struggling with that, that I'm I'm really wrestling with the passage. In that process, just the process itself is making me of me a better person. Absolutely. Just the process of, of wrestling for you that, with that passage is making you a better person, even a better Christian. Because now you say, hey, I cannot tolerate that. I have to think about who the voices that are not listening here. I have to think about, about this kind of abuse. This make, that wrestle is making you a better person. And I hope that people who's listening to us this, this, this day, they're still wrestling with that too, because at Absolutely. the end of the day, those thing, kind of things will make us better individuals. Yes. So uh, I know that this conversation can take forever, and a whole <laughs> semester in your seminary, right? 
But, but what? a whole semester. Oh, heck, a whole year. I wrote like a seven-page paper on this last semester. It really, I mean, it really pulled pulled at my heart. And part of it is because it hit so close to home for me. But, and part of it is because it's a story that's not a Sunday school story. Yeah, right. We yeah. don't hear the story of Hagar and Ishmael. We don't hear their perspective. And we, we really, really need to listen to it sure. from then sure. and all the Hagars that are in our lives today, today we need to listen to their stories and something important too is that us we love all the Hagars that are outside absolutely and we want to be the angels who wants to go and help them absolutely so and we love you too Okay, we love you, Stacey. Okay, so this Thanks. is it for today. Uh, I'm glad you have this conversation. Uh, so I know that if you're listening, maybe you will go back and talk to your pastors or your leaders. Or <laughs> Absolutely. Church about the stories. Uh, thank you, uh, Stacy, for for your sharing your heart more than your your intellectual views that were amazing. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for sharing your heart as a woman, as a mother, as a person who has been experiencing uh, separations. Thank you so much for, for sharing that with us. We are so honored mm. and we are so privileged, have this mm. privilege to, to feel your heart. And you are representing many women mm. and many, many women like you who are struggling with these things. Mm. So blessings to all of you. Absolutely. You want to say goodbye to everybody? Bye-bye. Bye, friends. And thank you. See you next week. Leave us, leave us some comments. Talk to us. Please. Yeah, this is our most difficult piece of scripture. So this is a tough one. Yeah, and tell, so, us, so, tell us who you identify with too, right? Like, who are you in this story? Or who do you know that's a Sarah? Or who do you know that is an Abraham, right? Like, sure. right. tell right. us. <laughs> Tell us so that. Much. He's cutting us off again. So, <laughs> bye. bye. <laughs>